CabanaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. Wow, I can't believe Joe's closed. Yeah, Joe's, uh, Joe's not open, but I told you to come to Joe. Yeah, yeah. I'm just a little heartbroken. Yeah, I mean, you want, like, my herbal tea backwash? Well, I mean, until you said backwash, I was like, <laughs> oh, non-zero chance, but, you know. There's, like, some ice also in there. Like, it's, like, purple ice. It's, it's iced backwash. Nice, nice. You should go into announcing or something. Yeah, I'm You're out very of that. a clever talking. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm out of that game. Yeah, I heard. I heard. Now you're the 64.5th best player in the world. That's your new thing. Uh, no, I did 64.5th place. I was on the influencer side of the bracket. I was not on the world's best player side of the bracket. I don't know. That's not how I heard it. (laughs) Not how I heard it. I heard 64.5th best player. All right, I'll take it. I I mean, I've, I've... one more money at the Pro Tour than a handful of people at that event. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. Not, Not anymore. anymore. Um, so yeah, I got to, I got to go to the Mythic Invitational, which was pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, pretty unexpected. I basically, in fact, we were supposed to podcast uh, last Wednesday. Yeah, but then you were like, "Hey, I'm on a train to Boston. What do you think of these decks?" And I'm like, "What are you? Why are you asking me? Why don't they have any sideboards?" <laughs> Why does this one have so many pelt collectors and Gruel Guild Gates? I only had one Gruel Guild Gate. Yeah, it's a lot of Gruel Guild Gates for a pelt collector deck. I saw them posted them to the uh, Top does, 8 Magic Discord. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, I was by the time you figured out how to do anything, I was already out of the tournament. Yeah. Well, also, there's no one on the Top 8 Magic Discord except for us. It's just that's me fine. and you. I like it that way. Yeah. It's nice. It's cozy. Yeah. I don't even know how to get people to be on yeah. the Discord. you got to give them an invite. you got to create an invite link. I'm not friendly, though. All right, well. All right, well, there you have it. Yeah, we're done. Bye. <laughs> um, so, I didn't, I didn't, so, I get to play in the Invitational. I have to build two standard decks in five hours for best of one, which is basically my window to, to do all that. I played Gruel and Esper. Um, that's close to the default. People seem to be playing White Weenie and Esper or Mono Red and Esper. That yeah, I, I mean, I liked Gruel because I felt like it had a pretty good matchup against White Weenie and Mono Red. And I played the deck a lot, which was valid. Yeah. Um, possibly should have leaned into the variants a little more and just played, like, maybe a Mono Red deck. But I wanted to play with... Like, here's Do you the think thing Mono Red is a variance riding deck? I mean, it was, like, it was only the third most popular deck, right? I mean, in like, I feel like... You can get lucky with it, right? I feel like there's some... See, I, I play a lot of Mono Red on Arena because I don't have cards for more than one deck, so I just, like, used all my rare wild cards or whatever to make exactly the Mono Red deck that I wanted. Yeah. So I just I I mean, play that. you just have to look at Experimental Frenzy to see oh, yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah, talking yeah. about. As far I, as I feel like you just... So I feel like if I get Frenzy, I only lose when I'm unlucky. But when I lose, like, when I lose to Esper, it's usually, like, they're hella lucky, like... They drew their cards in a certain way, like they, their absorbs all mattered, and they drew like all these like not unplayable. But they're just not all good. their absorbs matter. Their absorbs are not good against mono red a lot of the time. Like they have to line up a certain way, which means that your draw had to go a certain way. You know, like 
And if your draw doesn't go that way, then their cards stink. Yeah. You know, like if they're using Mortify to kill the Ishino Pyromancer, that's not good. What What would you have if you get that call? Yeah. And you have more time than five hours, and maybe even some. Oh, I, I say, know what I would have played. What would you have played? I would have played Drakes and Mono Red. Yeah. So. Um, I actually underrated how popular Mono Red would be. The only thing I would say is maybe if I had had some prep time, I might have done something crazy like play 20 lands instead of 21 and four Goblin Chain Rulers. I have like a standard plausible deck as my arena deck, right. but like arena cheats a little bit, so right. May- right. maybe I'm supposed to cheat with it. I definitely cut a land from a Goral deck. But one of my reasons for liking those two decks is because Mono Blue, you know, the, the deck of Reed Duke, the deck of Autumn Burchette, is a powerhouse in standard and real standard, but only one person even registered it in the right. in the tournament. So, like, I, I mean, Drake's Made the finals, is, right? Well, but still only one person, and you know, you're not getting a meta ride there. Also, I think like Drake's is very. I think Drake's is better in did best anybody, of one. Did anybody play Drake's? I don't think so. I don't think so. Drake's is so. I think I honestly I play Drake's the most in paper. I play them almost every week. I play like F and M stuff like that. Um, I play Drake's the most, uh, and I think that Drake's has a slight advantage in best of one because there's no Wilderness Reclamation deck. Wilderness Reclamation is Drake's worst matchup. Speaking of the Wilderness Reclamation deck, you see some of the cards that have been spoiled this week? I mean, this is a different podcast. <laughs> we could, we, or at least the second half of this podcast. Yeah, it okay. is. So... Uh, I'm, I'm just saying, like, I, I like Mono Red for the same reason. I think Mono Red has a huge advantage in best of one relative to its position in regular paper. But, I mean, if you look at, like, the Star City events, Mono Red has been doing much better in paper than uh, kind of like Pro Tour and Grand Prix era. So, Or, I don't know, popularity's just swinging. Yeah. I read an article recently that said this was, like, one of the top three standard formats of all time. I, I don't know if I buy that. I like it, but I don't know if it's one of the top yeah, three That's pretty of all fun. Time. I mean, there, was, there were a lot of choices that I had for for decks to play. I, I was surprised by Mono White being so popular. It's like, a, 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 I, you figure Esper's going to be one of the two or three most popular decks for sure. Mono White's atrocious against Esper, and it's atrocious against Mono Red. It's just literally atrocious against both decks. I I, I just don't see why you would play it. It's, right. But it's like the second most popular deck, so I was a little confused on that, right? Like, I, I love playing against Mono White with Mono Red, because if you just draw a Goblin Chain Whirler, you kill their whole squad. I mean, not always. I agree. I mean, they they also have some pretty crazy draws. I mean, with uh, with a venerated Loxodon. Yeah, I mean that's like one card. Uh, also, a chain roller is much faster than a venerated Loxodon. I, I guess the things, certain things matter, like who's on the play. Yeah. Um, I, obviously, either deck can overwhelm either deck, but. I think, like, if the draws just go normal, Mono Red is a huge advantage, especially since it has Chain Whirler and also Experimental Frenzy. Like, Unchecked Experimental Frenzy is going to beat the slightly bigger dudes of of Mono White. Like, if all you're doing is you got, like, you know, three, three knights or whatever, some amount of action from the Experimental Frenzy with just regular Lightning Strikes and Wizard's Lightnings is going to get you out of that. Sure. You don't have to kill everything, right? Like, just having a Chain Whirler on defense is good. Sure. Like there's very few creatures that get through it, so unless you're like have an overwhelming attack, it's pretty difficult to attack into it, even if you have a four four or bigger, due to the threat of, you know, a fanatical firebrand or right. like any shock or anything. And then the mono red's actually just gonna amass an enormous amount of advantage with with it has like eight card draw spells versus zero. Right? So 
And I, I, so I, anyway, net net, I don't think the mono white deck is particularly faster than the mono red deck. The mono red deck is much more powerful than the long game, in my opinion. So yeah, I just thought it was weird that it was the second most popular deck because it seems bad against Esper and bad against mono red to me. Right. I mean, it certainly wins sometimes. But, sure. You know. Sure. Uh, did you get a chance to watch any of it? I watched quite a bit. Yeah. What'd you think? Um. True thing. Sure. Truth. Uh, I sent John like a mean text series about it after the first day. It was just like they took this thing that I loved and I'd spent 20 years of my life working on and watching and loving and stuff and it it was depressing to me the outcome of a lot of matches. Okay. Like um, And that's just and this is you disliking best of one? I mean I like to play best of one a lot. I like right. to play arena. But is I it competitive? I don't think this makes a very good competitive format. Like the, I don't think you're alone in that. The in correlation. That there are a lot of people who felt that. Of way. just winning the rolls is absurd. It's like absurd. It's double digits worse than any format I've ever seen before, right? Like in historical competitive magic, in best of threes, the edge on going first is between one and five percent, right? Like that is not true in best of. It was. It's also possible to be on the draw all three games in that format. Really? Yeah. So let's say. No, I guess it's not. I guess it's not. No. Oh, so I mean that would be really depressing. I'm just saying, right? Like, so people complain about going second in it's regular. It's possible magic. to lose game one and then be on the draw for the next two games. Okay. Well. Yeah. I'm just. Saying, but that does involve you losing. I'm just on the saying, point. right? Like, it's obviously not a hundred percent correlated that you win the roll and you win. Sure. It is way more correlated in best of one. It seems to me than anything I've ever perceived in competitive magic before. Uh, and, you know, I think we have, I think the worst formats we've seen are about a 5% variance based on, based on who goes first, uh, at, you know, at the Grand Prix or higher level. And it seems to me much higher than that in best of one. Also, I think the randomness of the double deck, it's, it, it, I, other games that use this kind of mechanic do things like let a player ban a deck, right? Sure. And so... I mean, obviously, this was an experiment. I, I think it's still evolved. Right? Yeah. So, uh, and I don't want to be too, too critical of it, but it, in some, I like to play best of one. Arena for me, it's just a in the before arena, like, I wouldn't just wake up, play three or five games of Magic, and then like take my shower in the morning, which I do a lot now. Right. Whereas like it doesn't take very like it plays like three to five minutes to play a game of Magic uh, on arena, you know, which is much much faster than playing on Moto, like. Like, a, a match on Moto might take an hour, right? I don't have any arena matches that take an hour. Right. Right, so... Uh, but from a from a viewership standpoint, yes, there were some good games, right? right. Like, that standoff game between Savitz and... Was it Savitz and Mango? No, Savitz and... Uh, uh, who's the other guy who made the finals? Strasky? No. Uh, but it was a, just a mono-red player, like, standing off, not sacrificing Fanatical Firebrand for several sure. turns to eventually win. That was, that was like a game approaching the tension of a late Pro Tour game, right? right. But most of the games were just about overwhelming tempo. And <clears throat> the fact that you can't sideboard and that you can't do stuff to alter your strategy and play into your skills. I just, I, I just remember watching Alexander Hain. He was playing uh, an Esper Mirror on day one. And you could see both players' hands. And he just drew all the moment of cravings. And his opponent drew all the Teferis. Right? Like... <laughs> He wasn't gonna win, right? Like, there's, he played really well, 
you know? Like, he played to get... He kept angling to get his card to resolve, right? Right. But he could not win, right? But the thing is, a monkey from the same situation with... If he draw the Teferi's against Hain, drawing all the... All the the moment of cravings would also have won. The whole point of competitive magic is like, all right, now we make some adjustments after sideboarding, right? Sure. We can take out like I, I drew a lot of Caius rats. You know, that's really bad in the mirror. Like you might still want some cards to kill you thief of sanity that some, isn't in the deck right now. Sometimes you need to discard a Caius rat the chemistry's insight or the hand size. Whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying I did not like it as a competitive format for me, right? Uh, it it uh, is different. I mean, I can also tell you a different thing. I, I played in a Magic tournament on Saturday. Oh, did you? Played in a Legacy tournament, yes. And I can tell you after 23, going on 24 years of competitive play, 24 years since my first Pro Tour, I have definitively played the worst deck I've ever played in my entire life. Really? Hands down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what was it? Mono Red Prison and Legacy is such a... It's, it's an absurdly poorly designed deck. And, like, it's weird to me. It's, like, a staple in the Legacy format. Um, I found out pretty late that I had a chance to play in this tournament. At, it was at Good Games NYC, which is Kevin on store. Oh, awesome. The renamed, had a relaunch store. Uh, Honestly, the store, I think, that most sort of follows in the footsteps of Neutral Ground. Is Good Games? Is Good Games. Yeah, is, is, yeah. I think it, so, I think it just, like, has the same kind of competitive vibe, but also... The same community vibe. So my usual Saturday is Bella, and she was like, um, she had like a birthday party to go to that day, yeah. and uh, so I was just like, all right, I want to see if there's something going on. And my friend David Tao, who's a big Eternal guy, is yeah. just like, oh, there's this Legacy tournament. And if I had had like even just one day prep time, I would have put together my own mono red. Like I own all the cards, but he's like, oh, I got a deck for you. I've got a red deck for you, right? You just show up. Wow. That sounds like a great, great plan, right? So I show up, he gives me this Red Prison deck, and I was actually pretty excited to play it. I understand how it works. Yeah. Um, but for people who don't, yeah, so, explain. So the deck has about 18 lands. It has eight soul lands. It has eight uh, ancient tombs and city of traders. This deck is really well designed, so it has a mix of snow-covered mountain and regular mountain. And I was like, why would you do that? And he's like, because sometimes you get predicted. And I was just like, oh, wow, that's really smart, right? It's about 18 of those lands. It's got four Chrome Mox, four Simeon Spirit Guide, and two Lotus Petals. So there's quite a bit of, like, man acceleration, Fast, man. Even, yeah. though, even though there's um, only 18 lands. And then it's this weird hybrid of, like, a lock deck and a terrible beatdown deck. And I mean a terrible beatdown deck. <laughs> it's a terrible beatdown deck that can theoretically kill you on turn four. But it's terrible, right? So... It, is, it has Chalice of the Void times four. Tra- the version I played had three Transpheres. Some people play four Transpheres. And it has, like, eight Blood Moon effects. So, like, a ton of, like, lockout stuff. But, so, because it's a Chalice of the Void deck, it can't play regular good magic cards like Lightning Bolt or Eidolon of the Great Rebel. It has to only play threats that cost three or more mana, which makes it a terrible bad beatdown deck. So you can play, like, first-turn Goblin Rabble Master or something pretty easily. Right. And hope that it gets there. The problem is, what I found is, like, I had a match where I was just, like, first-turn Chalice for one. My opponent goes Mountain Rift Bolt. So I'm like, oh, wow, Chalice for one probably counters, like, most of his stuff. I go second-turn Trinosphere. So I actually stranded his Rift Bolt, right? But I looked at the board. I looked at my hand. I was just like, 
He's got like a mountain. I've got a. I've literally got my draw, and I've got like the insane draw against his deck. And I, at that point, I realized I was inevitably going to lose this game because my deck is just not capable of winning against like a red deck. He's just going to play his twos, and he suddenly has some threes, right? He has also skewer the critics, right? Like, yeah. he just killed me, right? That I just there's nothing I can do. I just play. I could play a three cast. It costs two two, right? Wow, that just plays directly into your searing burn cards, right? You know, so. Oh, I had to pay three for it. The, the problem, there's a structural problem with this deck, which is that all of its threats cost three or more. So all you're doing when you're, like, making somebody play, like, their cards at three or more with Trinisphere is you just play on the same axis. <laughs> but their cards are good. It's <laughs> just like, wow, this was not thought out. So I'm not sure how people are, like, 5 0 I mean, they must be 5 0 against other mono-red prison decks. <laughs> Like, I don't know, I, I really, like, you get the draw against, like, blue-white control, which is, like, all ops or whatever, or, you know, brainstorm. Yeah, yeah. And you st still don't win, right? Like, I, you're in a situation where you're, like, your opponent's, like, Monastery Mentor, and you've got, like, Trinisphere and, and Chalice the Void in play, and they just pay a bunch of mana to just make the tokens and grow the Mentor, and it counters their card draw spell, but they still get the token, and they still get all the prowess effects. They just kill you. And I was just like... This is, like, you can't, you don't have a lightning bolt to kill the Mentor. Right. It's horrible, right? So anyway, definitively the worst deck I've ever played. And I'm not, I'm not even sure how you could possibly redeem it. The only thing I was thinking was just, like, what a waste of a Chalice of the Void. Like, this is a really expensive card. What a waste of a City of Traders. These are really expensive cards. You could, you could do better than this Monarch Prison deck with these tools. Yeah, City of Traders is a, is a big deal now. Yeah, so anyway... I only owned three because I only needed three for my hatred deck back in 1999. <laughs> that was an oversight. I have a lot of ancient tombs. So if anybody wants to trade an ancient tomb for a city of traders, yeah. oh. call up Michael J on the Top 8 Magic Discord. You're going to need an invite first. <laughs> Might be a problem with that. You want to talk about the new set? Well, yeah. So um, one of the things that happened uh, this weekend at PAX with the Mythic Invitational was there was a magic panel on Sunday. I watched it. And uh, and they previewed a bunch of cards. So we're, we're in preview season for War of the Spark. Hold on. Before we do that, did you watch the trailer? I saw the trailer the day before everybody. So it was it's like trending like number four on YouTube when it yeah. came out, right? It's great. It's great. It every it, it is great on every access on every axis. The music's great. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, I didn't get that uh, uncanny valley thing with it at all. Yeah. It told it, it told a story, right? Like, is there like a moment in time, and then we're like backwards and forwards? And yeah, it's, it has to do with the curse, and, you know, all that what's stuff. What's the curse? Oh, uh, I mean, uh, Liliana's and sort of like beholden to Nicol Bolas. So I thought Liliana was using her. Zomb zombification magic to fight Nicol Bolas. So Gideon is the hero in this scene? I don't know. I, I, think, well, I, gotta, I thought I that Gideon was for some reason defending... Like, he's Gideon Blackblade now, right? Is he, I have to rewatch it. I don't know. Oh, no, no. It, he has the Blackblade and his okay. card is Gideon Blackblade. Oh, yes. I haven't seen that card yet. Yeah, it's a three mana. Get, it's, so these new Planeswalkers are interesting. They have, like, persistent abilities. Yeah, though they have static abilities. Yeah, so he's Gideon Blackblade, so I thought he was a bad guy now. Because, like, you no, know, Dakon Blackblade was a bad guy, right? Hmm. I don't where, where did you see Gideon Blackblade? Um, I will find it. It wasn't on the wizard site when I downloaded these images a little while ago. Hold on. Um, I may have seen it on a, a non-official 
Yeah, I'm just but the, the thing is, everything's official. It's just probably not up yet, right? They're releasing the entire set to previews. I have zero uh, deal sure. Right, so it's just probably not on the wizard site. It's probably on tomorrow. That's what I'm guessing. Yeah, I don't think so Gideon Blackblade. I don't think they're releasing all the cards right now. Though. I think some of the cards have been spoiled. So let's not talk about that one if it's not on the wizard site. All right, let's not talk about it. So I just thought from a story perspective, he was had become a bad guy. Yeah. Um, right. Text me that, that link so I'll only talk about cards that we're allowed to talk I about. I have them all here. Oh, okay. All right. Um, so, Kiora Behemoth Beckoner was one of the cards. Becky, as I'm sure this card will be called, uh, is an uncommon planeswalker. Costs two and a hybrid Simic mana. So you could elf this out on turn two. You can elf this out on turn two. And it's got seven loyalty. To start? To start. Three? That's really good. Uh, and then it has legendary planeswalker Kiora, and it says, whenever a creature with power four or greater enters the battlefield under your control, draw a card. And it only has one ability, which is minus one untap target permanent. So you can untap seven permanents with this over time, because there's no way to gain loyalty. Well, there's proliferate in the side, so yes. Um, but no no way for this to gain loyalty on its own. Yeah, so it's like, so you play this on turn two, theoretically turn three you're going to have five mana? Sure. It's five mana, you could easily play a four power creature at that point. Sure, with I mean, the you, can also play, you can also play a four power creature on three mana in this format with Girl Spellbreaker. You certainly can do that. If you were playing your deck, you could do yeah. that. Yeah. And then you might draw a card, you might draw a Ghoul Gilgate to put down. Yes, oh my god, that would be so good. <laughs> yeah. And you would gain Hexproof. As long as you remembered to riot correctly and it was not a 3 3 haste, it would, yeah. be, it would be gasoline. Yeah. I think that card is, I don't know, it probably has a, a place somewhere. With seven loyalties, a lot. I mean, if your opponent even like diverts their resources to attacking this for like a turn or two, well, that's also very. Think good. about it like this: this is like, you know, uh, if you have like a three casting cost card that's just like ramp a land into yeah. play, it's kind of like that. But it, you know, if you have a more powerful mana engine like a double land or like an incubation druid, you can. You yeah, know, yeah, you no, there's a lot, a lot of very cool stuff you can do with this. Yeah, but, I think that is probably a playable card as a result. But do you know what card's more playable? What? Do you like Esper? No. Well, how about some more Esper for your Esper? Have you seen Teferi Time Raveler? Yeah, I have. A three casting cost Teferi, huh? Yeah. <laughs> is Raveler? I, is, I, I thought this was a... I literally thought this was a fake card when I saw it. Do you, so here's some debate so, in my mind. Is Ravel a real word? I, I know Unravel is a word. When you, let me tell you something. As someone who's the creative director at a game company, you decide what the words mean. You decide what words are. As someone who's not any kind of a fancy thing, but has written a lot of nonsense over the course yeah. of the last 30 years, I know that I could decide whatever I want. Yeah. Yes. Ravel Who's the beatdown humble brags? <laughs> so this is... Uh, one white blue for a legendary planeswalker to ferry. Yep. Starts with four loyalty, which is also pretty good. Four loyalty for three mana, sure. Uh, it has a static ability. Each opponent can cast spells only anytime they could cast a sorcery. Yep. Oh, hi. Uh, plus one until your next turn. You may cast sorcery spells as though they had flash. Eh. Really? You don't like that? I mean... What if I did it with my wilderness reclamation? I mean, yeah, you can wrath it. There's all kinds of stuff you do. Yeah. Yeah, you're investing a card okay. to do this. Okay. And then minus three, return up to one target artifact creature 
or enchantment to its owner's hand, draw a card. Yeah, so it's like a, a weird, like, bounce into the royal kind of thing for only three, though, right? So yeah. you're getting an into the royal for only three. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yes. So And, like, if you do this, uh, I mean, obviously in the early turns of the game, your opponent's going to be completely, like, choked on resources to both, like, redeploy that threat and deal with your planeswalker. So, I mean, Brass Tax, this card is clearly outstanding, right? Yes. So the fact that you get an into the royal for only three mana instead of four... <laughs> Right? Zvi, who tends to be a little hyperbolic about cards, but yeah. he had this card as potentially bannable before he read the sentence draw a card. Really? <laughs> well, the thing that I think is strongest, is, I think this card is a contender for best card in the set already, right? Yes. But yes. the thing that I think that it's, makes it so significant is not the plus one ability, right? It's that if you play it in the mirror match or thereabouts, you mind twist them for all their counter spells. Yeah. Right, so unless they play a Teferi of their own, right? Right. Well, even if they do, does that turn stuff back on? Well, if you turn it on, I, I don't I don't know. All right, so let's read this. All right, so <laughs> line one, each opponent can cast spells only any time they can cast a sorcery. Plus one, until your next turn, you may cast sorcery spells as though they had flash. No, it doesn't. You doesn't yeah. turn counter spells Okay, on. yeah. Yeah, so you mind twist them for all their counter spells. So that is really, yeah. you know, the big floppy tits on this card. Um, and, uh, and the Inner Royal is also awesome. And you just, right. like, gain so much loyalty. Like, a lot of these three casting cost Planeswalkers only have minuses, right? Right, yeah. Like, they have a cool ability, but they only have minuses. Like, Brandon Sanderson spoiled one. I think he invented this guy. Did you see it on Twitter? No. I think it's okay to talk about because, you know, I'm pretty sure that he's, like, the official writer of, like, this. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Um, so, uh, I'll pull it up. Um... Yeah, so he said, if you'll indulge my nerdy hobby for a moment. His nerdy hobby, he's like a nerd king. I have something cool to share with you. You may know I wrote a story called Children of the Nameless last year. Well, Wizards Magic asked me to show a couple of preview cards from their upcoming set. So, oh, uh, that's not the one. So this is it. Davriel Rogue Shadow Mage is two and a B for a three loyalty legendary Planeswalker Davriel. It has a static ability at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep. If that player has one or fewer cards in hand, Davriel Rogue Shadow Mage deals two damage to them. So it's kind of the rack, right? So it's right. casting off the rack. There's also this ability with three loyalty starting. Minus one target player discards a card. So, like, it's a stupor, right? Like, yeah. you, you can't do it three times or Davriel will die unless you have some kind of proliferate or something. Yeah. But I think that is, that's a good example of these three casting cost Planeswalkers that only have minuses. They're, 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 they're like enchantments that you can attack. Yeah. They're fine. Yeah, I think they're interesting, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, is that Bolus's crypt? This is Bolus's Citadel. Oh, Citadel, sorry, yeah. Is, how, how much does your spidey sense tingle when you read this card? Uh, this card is horrifying to me. Bolus's Citadel, 3BBB. Legendary artifact. You may look at the top card of your library anytime. You may play the top card of your library if you cast a spell this way. Pay life equal to its converted mana cost rather than pay its mana cost. Tap, sacrifice 10 non-land permanents. Each opponent loses 10 life. All right, so to start with... This it, card is ad nauseum. Well, this, it's kind of like... Uh, I was thinking it's kind of like a experimental frenzy, right? It's a little both. Yeah. I mean, if you have real cheap cards, it doesn't cost very much to deploy them. Right. If you've got 
uh, like I was thinking you could write those cards like revitalize that like you just pay them well, first of all it fixes your colors right you yeah. just cast them right yeah. with life so if I'm like alright pay this pay two to cast this card gain three life I'm up one and I draw two cards sure right like, yeah yeah like that's super dumb yeah I mean I, ass- I assume like this is a card I would want to play type one for this card is I mean it's exciting, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure how you what. How do you kill somebody? You need to. Have, is it legendary? I don't. Effect, right? It is legendary. I don't think you care. If, like you can do all that. Like the the the. I think the tap sacrifice ten non land permanents might be the trap part of the card. Well, I mean, I was just thinking like, what if you just like, deploy a bunch of like Viachino pyromancers or something like just things that aren't very expensive that deal damage when they come into play. And then you just, like, sacrifice them all. What if you just played a bunch of spells and then cast a storm spell? I mean, I'm just thinking about how you break this in standard. Yeah, oh, right? okay. Like, the thing is, you can also do it with mana accelerators that are already in play. It's easy to, like, you, it's easy to turn to play this that you have ten permanents in play. It's right. not that hard. Right. You can't play top cards off the top of your library by paying for mana. You can only do it by paying life. Yeah, but it doesn't block you from playing cards in your hand. Like no, no, it, like it does not. No, it does, does not. This card is insane. Yeah, I think this card's insane. I love this card. It's like, I mean, if you just said, all right, what if this card was the same Experimental Frenzy, but, like, you just had to pay two more mana for Experimental Frenzy, but it just didn't lock you out of cards in your hand? Like, that would, like, the red deck would just be completely restructured and standard. It would, it would be clearly the best deck in standard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right? Like, you're, it's like almost impossible to me that that wouldn't be the best second standard. Like, Experimental Frenzy is so dumb as it is. Right. And I think there's probably maybe going to be a green deck that, like, wants to uh, just get out a bunch of mana and maybe use some Wayward Sword Toots or something to get it out, right? right? Like, the ability you to... You could also, like, imagine a, a uh, Saltai deck and now you basically pay... Let's just say there was maybe a Hydrate Crisis on top of your deck. So it pays a lot back, right? Right. You pay. Let's say you pay ten life into your. Can you do that? You pay twelve life in, yeah. And then you gain six back. And you would gain five. Five back. back. Yeah. But you'd also draw five cards. And you would draw five cards. Are you sure that works that way? I might. You work may that play way. the top card of your library if you cast. Oh. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that would work with it, with the X spells. Yes, I'm not sure. I think that like, I think that like. Oh, good point. Like randomly efficient life gain cards, like revitalize, though I think are very different in the, in the context of this deck. Than, yeah. Like I mean, just can just imagine playing like Gift of Paradise or something. Yeah, but now imagine imagine this in some sort of even like if you can cheat this into play at all in any kind of like like suddenly like storm shot. I mean, I don't know. Is this better than Thousand Year Storm and Standard I don't, Storm? I don't, I don't know, but you're like. Pay three life, make three mana, draw a card, essentially. Yeah, this might be a big deal in uh, in uh, in bigger formats. Yeah, I'm just a little dodgy on expensive artifacts. Like, like the a lot of the decks were already optimized to be Crack Clan Iron, or optimized is the wrong word. Right. Aspiring to be Crack Clan Ironworks, at least you know. Yeah. Like this thing does not. I don't imagine this holding up against the Cinder Vines very well. Right? Sure. Right. So, um, so in bigger formats, like that's the thing you're gonna have to contend with. 
ancient grudges and cinder vines and uh, where you know wear tears and destructive rivalries. Like, sure. there's a dozen different things that people play, even outside of red, right? Like, sure. I've been disenchanted in the not too distant past. So, um, it's I it's clearly an exciting card. I know, like, Commander is an invisible format to you. But I always want to play when I see other people playing. <laughs> I don't know why they choose the cards they have, but I always want to play. Well, because it's not necessarily always a spiky format. No, but pe- the people at the table are trying to destroy each other. And they're trying to ruin each other's lives. You we're, can tell. Yes, yes. So, I mean, you know, so if you've ever listened to Luis and Marshall do their podcast, they'll often talk about the quadrants of a game. You know, like the quadrants of, of a game as it develops. And I think of, like, commander quadrants in a four-player game as being... You know, who gets hated in the early game, who everyone hates in the middle game, the late middle game, and then the last person who everyone hates is the winner. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'll believe you. So, but yeah, this card is going to be an annoying card in that format. I think it's eminently good in standard also. What's you think, that? I think it's eminently good in standard. I think it's probably good in standard. I just, I, I always, I'm always reluctant on anything that costs this much mana. I mean, I want to see what I need the rest of the format's context. I mean, like, what if I just play this and then I pay seven and take the next turn? That is certainly something you could do. I think that's something people would like to do. Yeah, you could even do that as an instant at the end of your opponent's turn. It's all kinds of horrible things I can do to people. Yeah, like this card, it breaks all the rules. Like. Like, the saving grace of Necropotence was that you had to play correctly, right? You had to, like, don't we don't we have an Angel's Grace in this set? To, in this we do. Format? We have a gain ten life. It's gain ten life, but it also has like. If your life would go go to one, yeah. It's yeah. One. It's, I think I don't remember. I'd have yeah. to look at the. We have exact to look text. that. We have to look up its deck. It has not seen much constructed play. It's Angel play. of Grace, right? Yeah. No, it, there was a Naya Angel's deck that made top eight of the Star City events last week. Oh really? Yeah. And it, there there were. Um, that card was in it. Yeah, this card. This card's gonna be dumb. All right, while you're looking that up, let's talk about Liliana's Triumph. Uh, one black for an instant. Each opponent sacrifices a creature. Okay, let me just say this. Okay. Angel of Grace, three white white for a five four, flash flying. When Angel of Grace enters the battlefield until end of turn, damage damage that would reduce you to one. Reduces one. It's damage. How does it? That's pay, right? Yeah, that is. Pay. If it pays you, if it damages you equal to that, it's different than if you pay. Because yeah. then that angel is just game. Yeah, but you could still do some interesting stuff. Well, the angel can you can use it to gain ten life. Yeah. So. Uh, Liliana's triumph is basically a diabolic edict, except it's each opponent instead of both of you. Diabolic edict. Oh no, in a simple one, I'm thinking yeah. of yeah. But this is each opponent sacrifices a creature, and then if you control a Liliana planeswalker, each opponent also discards a card. This card's insane. Just want to have it. I mean, even if it didn't have the second clause, it would be playable. Right. It's it's just a like functional reprint plus of also a, a classically if, playable card. What if I had a Liliana Planeswalker? In play, right. You know, like <laughs> this is just like the Black Searing Blaze or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. This card's great. Uh, Augur of Bolas. This is not a new card. Always been good enough. Yep. It's even better than Omen Speaker. And Omen, I I. I ruined some lives with Omen Speaker. <laughs> this card's better than Omen Speaker. What do you think of Paradise Druid? 1G for 2-1 Elf Druid. As long as it is untapped, it has Hexproof. And then it taps to add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Eh, it's 2-1 also, right? It yeah, but it's Hexproof. It, it won't be tapped very often. <laughs> untapped very often, I mean. 
Why not? Because I'm rumbling. It's a two-one for two. Oh, you're just gonna attack me? Yeah, I'm a slammer. You don't think this card's? Uh... It's not exciting. No. I mean, like if you look in standard, it's well, up against. Well, I don't even know if there's a card I would want to open in limited more than this. I'm just saying in standard, the one-three doesn't have hexproof, but it's three toughness for the red yeah. deck. Yeah. And then like, how how good is hexproof against getting attacking? Is it, it's a two-one? Or like a, or like a goblin chain whirler or the equivalent, right? Yeah. Like, it's. I mean, it's not a zero, but like, it's just way worse than incubation druid and way worse than the one three. Right. Right. You know, druid of the cow. Um, Dovin's veto. This card seems like a big deal. I don't know this one. Uh, it's white blue for an instant. This spell can't be countered. Counter target non creature spell. It is a uncounterable negate. It's fine. Really? Yeah. Just fine. It's fine. I mean, it's, it's nobody negates. Nobody counters negates that much. Like I'm way more excited by like a counter squall, which is like plus damage, or an absorb, which is plus life. Right. This is a clause. I mean, if you just played with, if you just played with the Teferi, all your negates are already uncounterable. Right. But this lets you. This is a cheap way to let you force that through. Yeah, I think. You know, your opponent has 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 absorb and spell pierce mana up. Right? I re- yeah. You you go. You know. Well, I guess they have to have two. Well, they counter, and then you counter, and then they recounter your other spell. Yeah, I, but, I mean, yeah. I, I I reserve judgment. But right. I don't think it's that. Good. Right. I think it's fine. Working I just it don't think it's, it's that good. Yeah, I don't think it's so much better than a regular in a game. How do you feel about time wipe? What's that? Uh, this is a sorcery. Uh, two white, white, blue. So five mana. Return a creature you control to its owner's hand. Yeah. Then destroy all creatures. It's good. Even if you don't have a creature, it's good. It's just the same as the cards people are already playing, right? Right. Um, but then, you know, if you could just save one of your guys, that's great. Yeah. And you could do this as instant if you had. Perhaps. Deferi, there's like a little guiding, yeah. little play tip right on the card there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's raveling time there. I don't got the elevator All right, Karn's Bastion. Oh, a land. This is a land. It taps to add colorless. Or four and tap proliferate. Awesome. Planeswalker set? Yeah. This is like the, is it a legendary land? It is a rare land. <laughs> I have four in all my decks. Yeah. Um alright, so that gets out of so choose any number of permanents and or players and give each other each another counter of each kind already there. So if I do this once and I've got like three planeswalkers, I just got three loyalty. Correct. This is dazum to put on a land. <laughs> Dizzizzle. Super good. I mean, just think about it in the context of just like the modern Esper deck. Modern Esper deck? I mean, like the current Esper deck, oh, oh, okay. which has just like, you know. I was just thinking it in the context of like all these planeswalkers that only have minuses, not pluses. Yes. All of a sudden, like, what if I can untap this thing with the... With the Kiara, <laughs> it's not. It's not legendary, right? It is not. No, this is. This is dissolve. Uh, Johnny's pride mate. A back. card that was already in Sam. Yep, yep. It's sticking it's around way for a while. Art for once. All right, so here, here's an instant ignite the beacon, four and a W. Search your library for up to two Planeswalker cards. Reveal them, put them in your hand, yeah. and then shuffle your library. Uh, a little torn on this. 
Okay, it's why? Un- it's got an unplayable casting cost. I agree. But it is a really powerful ability. So, like, I mean... I mean, people are playing Mastermind's Acquisition. Right, this, this is, is an instant. Only one more, and it's extra card oh, advantage. You're going to be able to Mastermind's Acquisition as an instant? Well, what do you think people are getting with Mastermind's Acquisition? I think Omniscience is the best thing to get. Have you seen these Dovin decks with Mastermind's Acquisition? I was telling I you. Yeah, they were all over the place at the... With Dovins? No, they were, they were playing Dovin's Acuity, yeah. You, you see those, and then they just, like, they go Omniscience, and then they just, like, draw their deck with the, with the I, I have no one, no one that I saw was yeah. doing that. At, so... I didn't see that happen. So, how did that work in best of one? Like, if you had a sideboard, you could play it. You just, you just didn't use yeah. it. So, like, blue-white is the best, because if you have a sideboard, you can access. Yeah. So, I, I was thinking, like, you know... You could just go Dovins, Dovins, and like you know, if you if you have omniscience, obviously, you know, having yeah. omniscience is super gas, right? But if you're not dead and you have omniscience, you're just like Dovins, Dovins, opt, Dovins, Dovins. Like you can't lose, right? right? Like just getting any instant, it's gonna put you in a position where all 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 your base are belong to us. Yeah. You know? uh, I think this card. I think you'll probably have a home in some kind of super specialized deck. It's also probably an insane sideboard card in like weird attrition matchups. Like, That's say, what I was thinking. Like say you're playing like black white. Sideboards control. are dead. We'll never see them again. In paper. <laughs> you know the actually the thing I'd say the thing that I hate about best of one even though I like to play it myself is I think that my greatest talent and contribution as a magic theorist and deck designer is sideboarding stuff. And like they just <laughs> I've heard multiple players say just, that about that's like, literally the thing that I'm the best at. Not that I'm the best of all players, I'm like it's, of it's the things that I can do, yeah. you know. It's the stat you've maxed out the most. Yeah, and like, you know I mean, so many times like some awesome exciting thing that people didn't see coming and then Nope. <laughs> These are the number of goblin chain whirlers you've got. <laughs> Hope you like it. It's three. All right, Ravnica at war. Uh, this is a sorcery, three white, exile, all multicolored permanents. I mean, it's, you've got to be pretty, pretty specialized format to uh, want to play this card. Well, like, doesn't the white weenie deck, is the white weenie deck maybe interested in this deck? It's pretty expensive. Yeah. I mean, the white weenie deck doesn't have a lot of lands. It has a sure. five drop, but the five drop has... And it has a has four convoke. drop, and the four drop has, has convoke. convoke. Like, most of its stuff is like zero threes for one, you right. know? You know, one ones and two ones for one. I think this is a. a, a and the thing is, how many. Imp- this is an answer to multiple planeswalkers at one time. That is true. And that's a powerful ability. I mean, if somebody's got like two Dovins and a Teferi and another Teferi, this is going to be really good at killing their board. Right. Of course, Theory. if they've got two Dovins and a Teferi, yeah. <laughs> there's but, no way you're going to cast this. But it's it's also something that you're going you are going to want to cast. I mean. There's like you know a lot of multicolored cards, but I'm just like thinking about my experience with board states. Like, how often do you have somebody who's got like an Aurelia and a Tajik in play? Right. Right. If they, same deck doesn't even play Aurelia and Tajik, you know? Or like a I Servant agree. of the Scale. What's in the play with the Servant of the Scale? Like, maybe what's the six casting cost enchantment that's so good in um, Ethereal Absolution? Yeah. I guess you could have, like, a Servant of the Scale and Ethereal Absolution and play at the same time. That'd be awesome. And a bunch of spirits in Ethereal Absolution. Yeah, I guess. Um, I, I, I don't think this is... Un- I just think it's... I think it's a very specific format that people are going to want this card. Also, like, it is, it's limiting to you. It's like you're paying the deck bill. I was going to say, you kind of want this in the... You'd love to be able to play this as an instant 
Into fairy decks. Into fairy decks. Yeah. But you can't. Yeah, well, you could, but... It's the same as the stupid mono-red prison deck I play, right. right? Like, you have to play certain cards a certain way because of the structure of your deck. And I, I wouldn't want to bias my deck away from the best cards in order to play this card. All right, a couple, a couple of commons here. Uh, Rising Populace, this is a 2W, uh, so 3-mana, human, 2-2. Two, two. Uh, whenever another creature or planeswalker you control dies, put a plus 1, plus 1 counter on Rising Populace. I mean... Three for a two-two. Yeah, they're just gonna kill him. He's probably yeah. like you probably get a situation where he's pretty good and limited though. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, erratic visionary. Speaking of limited, this is a one and a blue for a one-three human wizard. Oh, it's a little worse. He's a looter, but he has, he has a mana activation. mana activation. One blue and tap. Draw a card, then discard a card. I mean, if this were just tap instead of one blue, I mean, he would be fine. It would be a serious contender for. You know, wanting to play it as it is. One three body. Does how much does that change things for you? It's in the same set as Augur of Bolus. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my answer. Yeah. Uh, Flux Channeler. This is probably a card you're a little more interested in. You've already expressed excitement about proliferating. Two and a U for a human wizard. Two two. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, proliferate. Wow, this is public enemy number one. If this is in play, <laughs> they, you got to kill it. <laughs> See, I, I think as a result of that, it's like a 2-2, two, two, it's so easy to kill, so maybe it's not going to be yeah. good enough. But if this is in play, you're just, do you imagine how much... Op- Actually, <laughs> you're gonna ha- you have to have all your Jones down already, right? And then you play this, and then you're getting advantage from proliferate. My assessment is, screw this guy. <laughs> I'm not scared of it anymore. If I'm already getting buried, it's super going to bury me. Yeah. Sure, but, if sure. I'm, but if I'm not getting buried, it's probably not doing very much. How do you feel about Jace uh, Wilder Mysteries? I don't know why we didn't start at this kind of a card. So one UUU for a four loyalty legendary Planeswalker Jace. Unlike the good Jaces, he's only got two abilities. Oh, wait, just kidding. <laughs> he's got three abilities. One of them's static. Yep. If you would draw a card while your library has no cards in it, you win the game instead. Whee! Oh, well, already people are like, oh, what if I drowned myself? Like, you could drown yourself and, like, just play four Arc Light Phoenixes and four Crippling Chills. Yeah. Probably, probably not even have any way to cast them, and your deck would be good. Well, I, mean, just look, I mean, just look at the modern, the Esper decks. How often do they almost stack themselves? Yeah, but I mean, like, I, I would just actively be, like, search for his Kanto. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, all kinds of, like... Those I mean, card, and just no way to cast the cards even, right? Because sure. it's probably just dump them with like looting abilities. If sure. You had to, right. So, plus one. That's t- probably why the looter has a mana ability. Oh, because it'd be too. It insane. might be too good. Yeah. Target player puts the top two cards of their library into the graveyard. Draw a card. Okay. Uh, insane ability <laughs> on a four loyalty. A, f- a four loyalty, four mana planeswalker. Yeah. So I mean, it does require three blue. So. Yeah, I mean. The most broken Jace of all time only had three loyalty to start. Yeah. And did not gain loyalty to draw a card and did not have a built-in win condition. Oh, it's minus eight. Yeah. The minus eight, draw seven cards. Then if your library has no cards, you win the game. Because I apparently you have to be reminded, even I, though it's already the static ability. I, I, but I do also like the draw seven cards. Like, doesn't that general Like, if you get to do just, like... Just get to draw seven cards at some point in the game with but maybe this? not in a Jace Wielder of Mysteries deck. I mean, you, got, you probably have a lot of air in a Jace Wielder of Mysteries deck. That's the Do thing. You, I mean, this card seems really good to me still. I agree. 
A million percent agree. I would think I, I would like milling myself and drawing a card. This seems great. I think I would play the this card. It's got mental note on a stick. Yes, I agree. I think I would play the card Arclight Phoenix, and I think I would play the card Crippling Chill, and, um, wait, it's, Crippling Chill? Is creeping Chill? Creeping Chill. I always get confused. Yeah, everyone The card does. Creeping Chill, and I, maybe I'd have, like, one or two lands that could cast those cards, but I, maybe I would, maybe I would, maybe I would want to have red mana so I could cast, um, you know, Tormenting Voice or something like that, but maybe not. There are other cards that help you, like yeah. like Sarkins and stuff like that, yeah. that are, are potentially useful with this. I love this card. It's very good. It's a forecasting cost Jace that has the words win the game on it twice. Right. It, it does have... It does, if you'll pardon the expression, fuck all to protect you, though. Yeah, but, I mean, it, this is clearly a card that is, like, encouraging a heavy spell. Yes, like, I, I don't agree. think you... I think that if you're tapping out for this on turn four, they probably can't kill it, right? <laughs> or you're desperate and you need to draw a card because you have another one sure. or something. But usually, like, maybe you're, like, at 16 mana when you cast the first Jace, right? Like, like that is, it's not a normal situation when you're playing this card. Yeah. Where do you have this card compared to, say, Teferi? The Teferi is much stronger than this card. Compared to Bolas' Citadel. Oh, it's tough. Comparable. I think Bolas' Citadel is, is stronger. I think this is, I think this will probably be a more impactful card than that. See, the thing is, I think that this card, unlike the other two cards, I think Bolas' Citadel is a, is a flagship. I think that um, that uh, Teferi is a, is a is a staple, and I think this is a, a high roll player. But high roll players can often be very impactful, yeah. right? Because like if you have a flagship that just it just, you know, didn't go anywhere. If it never gets taken out yeah. of, uh, so out like, of the dock. Although you just have these cards, like, you know, volcanic hammers out of the sideboard or something are, like, more impactful to yeah. to a format than some of these really exciting cards. I think this card will often be played in the sideboard as just, like, an incremental card-drawing spell. This is just, card for card, a much stronger spell than Chemist's Insight, just this is an example, right? I don't like, currently have any Planeswalkers in my CDC, uh, my CDC Spider-Spawning Commander yeah. deck. I will probably put this one in. Trips Blue is ambitious, though. Eh. Okay. Eh. I think this card is very good. I, I have it at I have it at high roll. Naga Eternal, uh, three mana, three two vanilla creature. It's a zombie Naga. There might be some things that care about zombies, but it won't care about this. No escape. Two you instant counter target creature or planeswalker spell. If that spell is countered this way, exile it instead of putting it into its owner's graveyard. Scry one. This is. Expensive for a very narrow counter spell. Yeah. But the ability to get a planeswalker, is this something you're gonna see people maybe toying around with? I don't think so. I think that counter spells are gonna be at an all time low premium due to to the persistence of, of Teferi. <laughs> and I don't think people are gonna try to answer Teferi with this. You are the problem is you are just asking to get minds whisted the more cards <laughs> like this that you play. Especially when that's like one of the public enemy number one. Like people are going to be way more. Their static into abilities. What what harm could they cause? They'll be fine. I mean, it's more just like, static it's abilities. More likely, people are going to try to answer that's a fairy with his collision colossus. <laughs> like, or like, what's the other one? Like thrash thump, the one that you had. Thrash threat. Yeah, that card isn't even good to me. You liked it. I, I, I mean, I certainly don't like it in the other one. Well, the other matchup, it wasn't a dead card. I actually make a four four. Yeah, but. All right. I mean, it just doesn't seem like a good card to me. I think there's other things I would have rather had. I, like I, a dragon. Yeah, I don't know. I had a lot of creatures. 
Yeah, but dra- I like it. Dragons like have it. haste. It's one more mana for haste. Yeah, but it's, this this did multiple things in best of one format. All right, I, I buy it. Relentless advance, uh, three and a U for a sorcery, a mass three. So put three plus one plus one counters on an army you control. If you don't control one, create a zero zero black zombie army creature token first. So, the so this is basically is a three awesome. three for four. Well, yeah, unless you already have a guy, then right. it's a plus three plus three. But I think the amass mechanic is really cool. Yeah. Why is that? Because I've seen other amass cards. Okay. Not this this card is not that impressive. <laughs> plus Got three it. plus three for four or three three for four is not that impressive. Well, let's talk about one of those. Dragonborn oh. Invasion. One uh, B. Probably the best card in the set. Really? I think so. So one B for an enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, you lose one life and you amass one. Yeah. So you either get a 1-1, or the 1-1 you had last turn becomes a 2-2. Yeah. Whenever a zombie token you control with power 6 or greater attacks, oh, I see, it gains lifelink until end of turn. So this is like a bitter blossom. It's not exactly a bitter blossom. Right. right? So it's not a fairy-templated card, so if people are like trying to play magic, they didn't make it so that no one can play magic, right? Right. So they're like, oh, I'm going to try really hard to play Magic. I'm going to use the tools that you gave me. But Mark Rosewater was like, no, just kidding. We're going to template cards in a way that makes no sense from a game balance standpoint. Uh, so it's got a lot of that. But then the lifelink thing is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> I think this card is outstanding. It's just like so bitter blossom, you know? And right. like, or you, I mean, in order for you to like be on the wrong side of this card, your opponent's going to have to use spells on not real cards. Problem is, like, they can let you amass, like, an army a, li- a little bit big, so you're putting multiple turns worth of value into it, and then right. and then zinger it with, like, one bounce spell or something, but it's still a super strong card. Another, another uh, amass card is Herald of the Dread Horde, three and a black for a 3-2 zombie warrior. When it dies, you amass two. It's fine. How about the Dread Horde's general, Liliana? Liliana, Dread Horde general, 4-B-B. Six mana is a lot for a planeswalker. She's very powerful, though. She's got six loyalty. And four abilities. And four abilities. Whenever a creature you control dies, draw a card. Not a non-token creature. Yeah. Just a creature. Uh, plus one, create a 2-2 two, two black zombie creature token. Wow, that's very synergistic with her first ability. Yes. Uh, minus four, each player sacrifices two creatures. Wow. Also synergistic. That's insane. Also, what if you just didn't have any creatures that turn? Yeah. Well, what if you did? Then maybe you draw two cards. Yeah, mad value, either way. Uh, minus nine, each opponent chooses a permanent they control, and each permanent of each permanent type and sacrifices Basically, the Cataclysm's rest. one player. Yeah. I don't uh, think it's ever going to get to that point, though. <laughs> 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 so their abilities are so good. You know, I don't think you cataclysm... Like, I think, like, cataclysming them is just opening the door. Like, they, yeah. they can come back. Sure. You just do the other abilities, they're not going to come back. Oof. Yeah, it's a very expensive Planeswalker. It's super good. So I, I, Unbelievably good. I flip to the next card, and I see Obnixilis, and but I'm like, oh, no. Then you got really disappointed. And then it wasn't. it's only got two abilities. Uh, three BB for a uh, Planeswalker. Uncommon. Uncommon. Whenever an opponent draws a card, Obnixilis the Hate Twisted deals one damage to that player, and then it has minus two, destroy target creature, its controller draws two cards. I mean, I don't know that this card is strictly constructed unplayable. I just don't think I would ever want to waste a deck building slot on it. Sure. It's awfully expensive to give them two cards. I agree. Uh, Obnixilis' Cruelty, 2B for an instant. 
Target creature gets minus five, minus five until end of turn. If that creature would die this turn, exile it instead. Fine. Probably not good enough for Constructed. Yeah. I mean, if, if two of those mana were Phyrexian, on the other hand. Yeah. <laughs> all in. Right. That's basically what it is. Yeah. A fixed version of a card that is not too good. Yeah. <laughs> Just a very good card. Yeah. Vraska's Finisher. This is a common 2B for a 3-2 Gorgon Assassin. When it enters the battlefield, destroy target creature or planeswalker and opponent controls that was dealt damage this turn. Yeah, so well, the thing that I like best about this card is it's a super flavor win. I read the I read the name of this card, I knew exactly what it did. Yeah. Right? So That's kind of sweet. Yeah, it's a really great flavor win. Obviously not good enough for constructed, but yeah. Uh, Burning Prophet. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I know a lot of businesses that yeah. you know employ this. One R for one three human wizard. Uh, whenever you cast an on creature spell, burning prophet gets plus one plus zero until the end of turn. Then scry one. Isn't that just prowess? Sort of. It's not plus one plus one. It's plus one plus zero. Oh, plus one plus zero. Okay. And then scry one. Um. Huh. One three to start. Yep. Huh. Two. I don't know. I mean, it. Could, I don't think so. Scry uh, one is pretty good. <laughs> Honor the God Pharaoh. Two R for sorcery. Uh, as an additional cost to cast the spell, discard a card. So we've seen cards like this. This is a little more expensive than say you know uh, any of the the recent cards that have been one in red. Discard yeah. a card, draw two. Uh, but this is draw two, a mass one. That's strong. For three mana? Yeah. I mean, like, what if you got just a one, one for three? That wouldn't be good enough. Right. Right? But people get a one, one for three all the time for an effect like um, a wood elves type effect. Yeah, right? yeah. So the question is, is... What's it? It's pretty reasonably costed, I think. Like, if you compare this... like. If you compare Tormenting Voice to Rampant Growth, which is like, that's the comparable on a Wood Elves, yeah. I think it's about correctly costed. I think the I think the cost is correct. That doesn't mean I'm going to play it. Yeah. Weirdly. I think, I think that there's like a lot of situations where I want to get rid of stuff out of my hand yeah. because I'm playing like that Jace or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not ready to turn this off yet. Sure. Um, also, there's a lot, of, a lot of synergies with stuff that makes creatures that aren't creatures. So, sure. And if there's, you said there's some some exciting amass cards coming up, right? Well, I mean, the bitter blossom was okay, the, the that was the most was exciting right. one in my opinion. Uh, Tabalt, Rakish Instigator, two and an R for a Planeswalker Tabalt. It's a five uh, loyalty Planeswalker. Your opponent can't gain life. I know you're interested in that static ability in general. Is he taking two per turn also? Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, and then this has a minus two ability, which is create a one-one red devil creature token with when this creature dies, it deals one damage to any target. Uh, I mean, I can imagine situations where I'd want this. Like if I were playing against Bolus's Citadel, for example, I might want this card. Yeah. There are a lot of decks that, like, I mean, just like the Dovin decks... Um, that are, you know, predicated on gaining life in order to, right. to do other stuff. Um, I think, like, you might want to have this ability. I think this is a steep cost for that ability. 2R for, I don't know, 
two one ones and two one ones and, and a bolt and, and out and of their head. Somebody might attack it. You yeah, know? like it's so. It's weird. It doesn't have diminishing returns as a result because its life expectancy is so poor. Uh, I don't know. I think I don't think this is going to be burning down the house anytime soon. But it's also full on not that bad. <laughs> it's it's heard it's, it here first. It's better than awful. Full on not that bad. Yeah, that's the name of this episode. I thought we I thought we would call it 64.5th best player in the world. Full on not that bad. Full on not that bad. Tabalt's Rager, 1R for a 1-2 devil. When it dies, it deals 1 damage to any target. And then it has 1 and an R. Tabalt's Rager gets plus 2, plus 0 until end of turn. Eh. You can rage somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, Burning Prophet, we already looked at. Tabalt's Rager, we already looked at. Uh, Arlen, voice of the pack. We're in green now. This is an expensive planeswalker. Four GG for a seven mana pla- uh, seven loyalty planeswalker. Minus two is the only minus two ability, and it says create a two-two green wolf creature token. And then each creature you control that's a wolf or the or a werewolf enters the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter on it. So this is basically so makes three make, threes. This makes three three threes. Yeah. And still has a, a body, right? right. So um, the thing I'd say about this is that there, if there are other wolves that you might want to play, right, could potentially be strong. Like Arlen's Wolf. Yeah. Uh, Arlen's Wolf is three mana, three two. Uh, can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less. Or by John Finkel. Or John, well, John Finkel, yes, that's a known fact. Um, one of the best looking cards in the set, uh, Johnny the Great Hearted. Uh, Looks like, like a modern like it looks like a Hawkeye cover to me or something. Oh yeah, kind of. Two uh, GW for five loyalty planeswalker. Creatures you control have vigilance, static ability. Plus one, you gain three life. Not super exciting. What if you had a pride mate already? Oh, that's true. And or 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 yeah, or a citadel. Okay. Um, I don't know if that's enough. <laughs> Citadel kind of watches out that three life pretty quickly. Uh, I don't know if you're just paying for this off the top of the Citadel. Yeah. It just pays it right back. Cantrip uh, minus one life. Uh, minus two, put yeah. a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control, and a loyalty counter on each other planeswalker you control. So I think this card is a trap. <laughs> <laughs> a it's, beautiful, beautiful trap. It's so not good. But it's it's got like it's like one of those things, you know, like the angel and the devil. Yeah. Like it's like on your your shoulder yeah. whispering to you. This is like a little lion <laughs> on your shoulder and be like, meow, meow, meow. And people like you are susceptible to cat talk. I am. Yeah. See, I knew it. It's I got am. a rough little tongue, all that. Yeah. Sounds lovely. Yeah. I might play with this. Yeah, you're gonna add white to your Sadisi deck. No, I'm not. I have, an enchant- I have an enchantress deck that doesn't have any creatures. So, uh, Cruel Celebrant. Blue, black, white for a 1 2. Whenever Cruel Celebrant or another creature or planeswalker you control dies, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. Do I have a Nantuko husk for planeswalkers? Has Nantuko husk found their spark? <laughs> I can sack my planeswalkers. Uh. I mean, this card has so many things about it that I wish were good. Yeah. Next card. Uh, how about Invade the City? One UR for sorcery, a mass X, 
where X is the number of instant and sorcery cards in your graveyard. So you just make one guy, though, right? But it could be like a 20-20. Yes. Yeah, this card's sweet. <laughs> um, like, it's just never that bad, right? It's like... like it's, sure. It's like... It's like... And, like, in the mid-game, you're probably, like, making, like, a 5-5 five, five or better for three with, like, Counterspell Mana open. So, so a mass is all over Grixis because the next card is Widespread Brutality. One B. Well, this is Liliana is the is yeah. the centerpiece villain, right? Right. According to my implicate my extrapolation. No, no, the centerpiece villain is Nicol Bolas. Was she good or bad? She's fighting Nicol Bolas. I thought she was fighting Nicol Bolas. You made it seem to me like she was that she was. No, no, no. She was on fighting Bolas' team. Resi- she was resisting Nicol Bolas's sway. And to, Gideon is bad. I don't know if Gideon's bad or not. Why is Gideon fighting her if she's the hero? Oh, because she was under his control. Maybe she's breaking free of that now to, because she saw Dak Faden die. Who's, I don't know. Who's Dak Faden? He's the greatest thief in the multiverse. He didn't steal his own life. I don't know. I don't know. I don't... Is he like one of the dudes who got squished on the side? I think so, yeah. Oh, I don't know his name. Yeah. Widespread. I don't play... I don't play vintage. Yeah. Widespread That's brutality. only the only people who know who Dak Faden is, right? Or Cube. Okay. Widespread Brutality. One, B, R, R, Sorcery. Amass two. Then the army you amassed deals damage equal to its power to each non-army creature. Oh, it just deals outwards? Yes. So this is just like pyroclasm for not it or better? Correct. Correct. It's four. Yeah, but it's one-sided. But if, right, yes, it is one-sided. And if you have other army creatures somehow, I'm not sure. You but can you can proliferate. one army. Well, I guess you can proliferate. I think, you know, if you have an army already, you can't have a second army, I don't think, right? Like, if you have an army, you have to put the counters on the army you already have. It doesn't right. let you get a second army. Right. Well, I mean, I guess, like, if you would, like, do something to clone a token, right, you'd have two armies, right? But then that army would be a zero-zero wouldn't have the tokens counter, so I don't think there's a way to get more than You just only have one army up, yeah. right? Yeah, so this I think this card is gas, because it's one-sided. Yeah. So, like, if you invade the city and then, you know, play this and... Oh, man, is Grixis just the best? I it mean, seems awesome. I mean, it doesn't seem as good as Esper already. The Bitter Blossom is dumb. Yeah, you can play that in better Pick in it up, counter it, whatever. I'm going to invade your city. I'm going to attack your super player. I don't have any counter spells. <laughs> Vraska Swarm's Eminence. Two Golgari Golgari for a five loyalty planeswalker. What a wannabe. This one's a wannabe. A four mana. Whenever a creature you control with death touch deals damage to a player or planeswalker, put a plus one, plus one counter on that creature. Static ability. Total wannabe. Minus two, create a one, one black assassin creature token with death touch. And whenever this creature deals damage to a planeswalker, destroy that planeswalker. That's a pretty cool... Ability. It's a wannabe, though. Why? It's trying to be Lily. <laughs> this is, like, so... So you're saying even Planeswalkers cosplay as Liliana? This is, like, so, like, Chicago Hope. Right? <laughs> <laughs> just like, this is the most, you know, uh... What's, like, a friend's knockoff? <laughs> what's it? Coupling. I don't know. All right, yeah. This is, like, this is, like, equilibrium. Right? Yeah, Okay. So, but, this is you, Charlie's Angels full throttle. Do you like this card or no? Yeah, but I don't know. It's uh, like four mana for two tokens, and then it has like a whack ability that's like only okay. 
I like the second ability. I think it's interesting, right? Like, yeah, it's just like you're just always going to get that creature or their planeswalker. Like that, you, it changes the play. Here's the thing that I like. Yeah, it changes the play pattern of planeswalkers, right? Which the play pattern of planeswalkers is your opponent attacks, and it's like not a big attack. You'll often just hit yourself in the chest and go, "Yeah, we'll yeah. we'll take it. I'll take my planeswalker down a, a, a squidge." Yeah, but I'm just gonna one-sided pyroclasm and attack your guy. Fair. Like, it's just... Like, the army mechanic is so much more powerful than this. Sure, but you also have, like, a Death Touch Assassin that you can... I'm killing you for one-one. It's gonna get... I have, like, a 2020 army that I got for three mana. All right. Tezzeret, Master of the Bridge. Also, there are words in this that are also alarming. Yeah. He's six, though. He's six. He's four, blue-black... Uh, and five loyalty. He's, I believe, a buy a box promo. So oh, so he's a, a he's a nexus of fate. Oh, that's great. I'm uh, glad they I'm glad they created this new mechanic. So creature and planeswalker spells you cast have affinity for artifacts. Oh well, I guess we could start playing Hearthstone. <laughs> why why would you have that ability? And then there are three. Wait, does he have affinity? Does he start off with affinity? No, he does not. Okay. <laughs> then he has three abilities. Plus two, Tezzeret deals X damage to each opponent where X is the number of artifacts you control. You gain X life. Oh, that's a fun ability. Yeah. It's pretty sweet with... A deck full of artifacts? Pretty sweet with also your, you know, Bolas the Citadel. Yeah. You, you want that life. It's only creatures and planeswalkers that have the, the affinity, right? Yes. Uh, minus three, return target artifact card from your graveyard to your hand. And then minus eight. So you could do this like three turns after you play. Proliferate! Exile the top ten cards in your library. Put all artifact cards from among them onto the battlefield. Like Bullets of Citadel. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, or you could just proliferate. This card's sweet. I'm going to want to try to build with this. I don't think it's it's an Exus of Fate. I don't either, but it's an Exus of Fate. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I just don't think it's an excessive Sure. Like, I don't think they're banning this in best of one. No, probably not. Uh, emergent zone. Uh, tap, add a colorless. Uh, one, sacrifice emergent zone, and tap. You may cast spells this turn as though they had flash. Has it sacrifice this? Yes. Why don't I just play the Teferi? <laughs> well, you could play your Teferi with flash off of this. Yeah, but I lost this a This is land. all your spells. Yeah, I don't like it. Okay. What about Interplanar Beacon? Whenever you cast a Planeswalker spell, you gain one life. Tap to add colorless. One and tap. Add two mana of different colors. Spend this mana only to cast Planeswalker spells. This card's very good. Yeah. It's very, very powerful. And also it encourages you this to play... This is like a this blood... This is what... What is it? Bloodstained Mire? No, not Bloodstained Mire. What's the red-black like, card that, like, was... That you could wash mana through? Uh, it's like a... The Tranquil, Mystic Game. Tranquil thing. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, Mystic Game. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. so you just use this to cast. You could Anything. I mean, it doesn't cast that Jace thing you like. No, it's got to be, like, one of the gold. No, I mean, like, you could just have, like, a one-color one, just not the Jace. Yeah. So that that's all I have from the previewed cards. I don't know what other illicit materials might be out there. Yeah. Um, these, this is what I think. Pretty exciting. He was a little lukewarm on what he'd seen so far. Really? Yeah, he was a little lukewarm. He thought the fairy was great. 
But I mean, we haven't seen it. We haven't seen a ton yet. I, we the certainly have. Bitter blossom is sweet. Yeah, bitter blossom sweet. The um, associated wrath for everything but your army is really cool. Uh, I like. I a, mean, people can like shock it in response, sure. right? And then nobody's yeah, getting killed, a, but you're. What if it's a five-five? Yeah, I mean, no, they can do a response. Yeah. Uh, I like uh, I like a bunch of the like planeswalkers actually. The three mana mass spell is really dumb. What draw two a mass? No, the one that's like R. Are you one? Oh Does sure. You have like a twenty twenty for like sure. three mana. Like sure. It's, that's super easy to get. Yeah, okay. I mean we've seen I mean we've seen what the red blue decks are capable of doing with these Drake decks, right? Yeah, that's you know I don't know actually is it just a Drake then? Well, I mean it's got the toughness. Yeah, and the toughness is a big deal. And now you have something to use your maximum velocities for in addition to your maxim- maximize altitudes. Or whatever, the other way around. You can maximize altitude and give it flying. Like, I feel like you could just play that. What's that card that's like R that deals damage to any target based on its uh, based on its power? Fling? Thud? Yeah, Thud. Oh, yeah, you could Thud. I got Thud. You could Thud. You will lose the Thud in the best of one cues the week this goes online. Yeah, you know, that card in Thud seems good. Yeah. I mean, I've gotten thudded out of the site, out of uh, many uh, a Phoenix deck. So, we're going to go to the pre-release? Uh, which pre-release are you going to Probably going to go to the Strategist. I usually, I try to play the Midnight pre-release the night before. Okay. I've won a couple of those. Or we could try to go to maybe Kevin's store. It's hard to get to. I took really? an Uber there and back. That sounded very easy. I will, I will join you in your Uber. It's perfect for me. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, I mean, like, I don't know, man. Like, $50 in travel costs to play pre-release seems like... There's, like, tons of stores that I don't have to pay $50 in travel costs to play. Yeah, but I have a ride there now. Yeah, but we could just go to... There are so I, many stores that... Yeah, I'm probably just... Hard. I just probably go to the strategist. Oh, the, the store in Hoboken will be playing closed, right? Yeah, it did, unfortunately. It stinks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I played in the strategist once with you. I went 04. Mm-hmm. That was... It's, it's, a, it's a tough room. Oh, so this legacy tournament I played in this past weekend, yeah. there was like a U.S. national champion, back-to-back eternal champion, and at least six Grand Prix top eights. Yeah. In a thirty-six-person tournament. I have no idea what you're talking about. You don't know. What you I'm used? just saying, like you know, yeah, I played the tournament this weekend. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> my oh. first round opponent was the last mythic champion. <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. I'm not comparing the two tournaments. I'm saying I played in a yeah. random legacy tournament yeah, on the Saturday know, at a store. You don't expect a half a dozen Grand Prix top eights, multiple eternal champions, and and uh, and uh, and a U.S. national champion in yeah. the room, right? You expect a bunch of monkeys. I remember in 2008 playing at Neutral Ground, the year that it closed. Yeah. Um, but playing in a Friday Night Magic, and I'm talking to some guy like you do, you know, and he's like, yeah, I started coming here because I played at, I don't remember the name of the store in Jersey, but he's like, I'm not going there anymore. Nothing but Pro Tour champions. I lose to Osip. I lose to Jake Van Lunen. I lose to Chris Lockman. Yeah. He's like, I'm sick of it. That's like one Pro Tour, though, between the two. Yeah, of them. yeah, I know. And he's like, I'm sick of it. Pairing's go up for the first round. He's got to play Mike Pastelnik. <laughs> he won. <laughs> well... Saying if you're gonna play in New York City in the surrounding area, so it's, it's a little different than some other areas yeah. in the world. It's not like you would play in Porto Alegre, Brazil. How many Pro Tour champions are there? <laughs> Only one in the entire city. Um, unless Carlos is visiting. 
Oh, well. He, he only won a Worlds. Sure. That counts as a Mythic Championship. Why are, you, why are you using these words? You're just encouraging them. Not everything is Mythic. No, not everything. Some things are only legendary. <laughs> the World Championships from 1996 to 2011 are Mythic Championships. Do you have to be the mythic championship historian to know I, the rules here? I don't know. It helps. <laughs> it helps. Do you know the mythic championship historian? I, I don't. <laughs> I don't. We'll see what happens. So, all right. I'm going to head home. But well, congratulations was... on your appearance. Thank you. It was the fun. entire freaking internet was super excited for you. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. I loved it. Um made me want to play more tournament magic again, which I haven't, you know, obviously I've not thought a ton of. Not, that, I'm not even saying at that level, but I want to go to a GP. Of course you want to play at that level. I would level. love to play you at that level. You got a taste. But I would like to, you know, maybe play at an intermediate competitive level and get my sea legs back under yeah. me. I mean, I played in what I thought was going to be intermediate competitive level of Legacy to maybe not want to play magic for a while. Oh, this okay. deck was so bad. Well, don't do that, man. It was so bad. Like, I, Why wouldn't you just build Delver? Yeah, Kevin offered me though. Yeah, you can just play. He Delver. said I have like three other decks. He, lit, I walked into his store. He's like, "Oh, what are you doing here?" I'm like, "Oh, came with my friend Tally." He's just like, "Oh, cool." He's just like, "What are you playing?" He has. He's like, "This deck is really bad." He's like, "I own the store. This deck is really bad. I have three decks you can play. Just play, play one of these." You he's so, he, I'm like, "What do you got?" He's like, "Blue Red Delver." I'm like, "I started rattling off cards." He's like, "Yeah, that's the deck." I'm like, "What at the stage?" He's like, "He's like, yeah." He's like, I'm like, "Am I going to hit people with Bone Mat Courier?" I'm like, "I should have just played that, right? Like that plays to my strengths, yeah. among other things." Like, ah, oh, let's play this red deck. My friend made it for me. He's like, this deck is not good. But it's hard for me to just believe him when he says this deck's not good. People play it. Sure. Well, you got to find out for yourself. Yeah. Plus, you just spent $50 to get there. Well, I only spent 20 dollars to get there. And then, like, you know, we split an Uber back. It's like another 10 It wasn't that big a deal. Yeah. So. But I, all I'm saying is, it's not that I want to... Split the Uber. I'm off the Uber now. Split it. What? I'm off. I thought you were paying for the Uber. I mean, I'm off this idea. All right. Just playing a strategist. Yeah. What's wrong with Monacy? That's where I usually play. I play Monacy. Monacy's a little crowded. Uh, you know, I like playing them in their pre-release and uncommons. Okay. But you know what? Nobody's not, You know, Roman's gone now, and Zach, like, you know, I don't know. He's not, not there. I, you know, there's a lot of players I used oh, to like maybe, to play with. Well, maybe I'll go, and then you'll like me. And, and the midnight pre-release. Yeah, maybe. Will we podcast? Sure. How many lies are you going to say in the like, span of one minute? Forty-two. <laughs> Three it is. <laughs> All right. This has been Brian David Marshall, the 64.5 best player in the world and Mythic Championship historian. I mean, Michael J. Flores for Canada. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>